Welcome to the So She Is podcast. I am your host, Katie Grimes, and this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things manifestation, neuroscience, spiritual evolution, healing, and living in alignment with the highest truth of who you actually are. I know that you pushing play today is no accident, and I am so grateful for you being here. So with that said, let's get this party started. Hello, welcome back to So She Is. It is Katie Grimes here, and I am so happy that you pushed play today. So how are we doing? How are we feeling? I hope you're feeling good. I personally am feeling so good because I just got done with this podcast with our guest today, Abby Kurtz, who is a dear friend and a sex and intimacy coach. And I always leave feeling better than when I came in, when I see Abby, when I spend time with Abby. And Abby, if you are listening, I love you so much. And thank you for just always lifting me up and making me feel so good. Those are the best kind of friendships, the ones that you just leave feeling like, ah, like filled. And I hope that I know that you guys are going to love today's episode. It is a deep one. It is vulnerable. It is sexy. It is hot, steamy. We go all over. We talk from pleasure practices to being intimate with your partner, to getting out of your head during sex, to (laughs) patriarchy and faking orgasms. And so we go all over the place with all things sex, love, relationships. And I am so excited for you to listen. If you feel connected to Abby, she is running a special right now that's like a one-time deal. And if you want to work with her, go check out her link in her bio, Abby Abby underscore Kurtz on Instagram. I will tag it in the show notes and TikTok. And I just think working with her is so amazing and I could not recommend it highly enough. Also, we are hosting an event together on March 18th. It is designed to be an amazing date night. It's a Saturday night, 5 p.m. in Long Beach, and it's going to be incredible. It is going to be so fun. It is going to be so playful. It might seem scary, but let me tell you, it is not scary at all, especially if you listen to Abby and I talk. Like we, It's going to be like a normal So We Are Silent Disco, but, but deeper in the sense that you're going to be with your partner. And so you do need to be in a dynamic that is more of a couple situation. And so if that is you, please come. I I like what we're planning is just going to be so magical. And I wish that I could participate in it. But unfortunately, I am hosting it. And if this first one goes well, we will bring it back and do it so many more times. But I just cannot wait for you guys to experience it. So if you feel the call, please sign up. We have early bird tickets available until I think the Monday before. So you have a couple days when this comes out to snag your spot at the cheapest price. And I am so excited for it. So be sure to check it out um, in my link tree. You can read a little bit more about it, see the schedule, see the timing, see if it works with your calendar. It's designed to be like a date night so you'll have this fun intimate connection then you could go to dinner and then see where the night takes you on a Saturday night. I am so excited and please 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 join us because trust me you don't want to miss it. But without further ado here is Abby Kurtz. Hello Abby welcome to So She Is or welcome back should I say. I am so excited to have you here today and we were on probably like 
a year ago. I don't I it's been about a year and things have changed because you've you've changed. You've progressed throughout your progress, your school, all the things. I feel like we were talking to you in your infancy and now we're like full blown sex and intimacy coach now. <laughs> and I'm so excited because not only for this interview, but that we have an event coming up on March 18th together that we will be plugging throughout this. So just before we even get into it, if you feel connected to Abby or myself and you are in a relationship, situationship, whatever, if you feel like you are in a a dynamic that could be considered a couple, we have an event for you. So just keep that in mind as you listen. But let's get into you, Abby, please give the So She Is community a little bit of background into you if they haven't listened to the previous one that you were on a year ago and who you are, what you do, and kind of how you came into this work. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back. I always love chatting and it's so good to be here with you. I'm Abby. I am a sex and intimacy coach. So I work one-on-one with women to improve their intimate lives and go from unfulfilled to turned on. And I recently graduated from schooling for that over the last about year and a half. So that's been really exciting to step into this new role, which I decided to go for because it's been a huge part of my own healing journey and stepping into my sexuality and confidence in that way and being able to heal so much trauma. So once I was on that journey, I, of course, was like, oh, my gosh, I need to help other women do the same. And it's been absolutely wonderful. Oh, I have loved watching your journey and all just all of you unfold and you're so good at what you do. I just want to start pretty broad and go with why do you think or feel or know that people struggle with authentic intimacy? Yeah, so authentic and fulfilling intimacy sexually or romantically is not something that we are taught growing up and we do not always have the best role models for these things and the best education and i believe that most people do not know who they truly deep down are because we are so controlled by the programming that we learn so of course if you don't know who you are on a deep authentic intimate level with yourself how could you be that truly intimate with another person that probably doesn't know that about themselves either, which is why I think so many people struggle with this. Mm. And so how would one, if someone was like, yeah, me, and I truly (laughs) believe that was me too, before my relationship with Curly, where then we were in a container that felt safe enough to explore the depths of ourselves, but that's not the case for everybody and surely wasn't the case for me. And so what would you say to someone who like was like, oh, like, I would love to, but how? Yeah, I think taking time to really slow down in your everyday life. It absolutely starts there and making small changes over time because so often we're rushing through our lives and doing the things that we think we're supposed to be doing. We wake up, we go to work, we go home, chores or errands go to bed. So how deeply are you able to feel in your everyday life? And do you know what you actually want? So taking baby steps to tune into yourself throughout the day and thinking, 
what am I feeling right now? What sensations are even coming up for me? When this person said that, what did I actually feel? Did that make me upset? And asking yourself questions like, why did this make me upset? Was there something that I grew up with that maybe this triggered? And so constantly being in dialogue with yourself and connecting to sensations and just getting curious on why you do certain things is such an easy daily life switch that makes all the difference. And then from there, maybe taking time to really write out what your programming is on certain things, maybe when it comes to relationships or love. And if you agree with that, and if that's what you want for yourself, And then, of course, there's so many more amazing holistic tools and practices that you can do in a container, either with a coach or with other people. I won't go into specifics right now, but it truly does start with the daily things and really practicing feeling and why you feel things. Right. So if you felt like a sensation in your body, like almost giving it the acknowledgement and saying like, hey, girl, what's up? Like, like just like being curious enough to like feel into that. Yeah. So if I'm at work and I start getting stressed and I feel tightness in my lower belly, I can take a moment to pause and really tune into that tightness and offer it some comfort and just get curious about it. Like, huh, why are you here? Oh, I'm stressed. Okay. And you're protecting me because each little part of us and every sensation is just playing a role in some form to help us survive. But when we don't tune in with them and we ignore them, then these parts get really loud and they'll create blockages for us Mm -hmm. and our intimacy. So it's just so important to stay accepting and open and curious to different sensations that you feel. So good. If so, so you mentioned also like writing out your programming, if someone wanted to take the first step to do that, but maybe that language doesn't make sense to them or they're like, well, I don't know. How would you say to go about like writing it out or or discovering what what's going on in those deeper realms of yourself. Yeah, so we'll use kind of a broad topic for an example. Let's just talk about relationships. So programming, meaning what you were taught growing up and the examples that you are given by culture and society. So you could take time to write out everything that you were shown about love, maybe from movies, your parents, media, and Once you're done writing that out, you can decide, do I agree with this at all? Because chances are you might not, and those things might not actually be authentic to who you are. Because I know that my love life doesn't look like a Disney movie like we grow up on and like we're taught. So once you write all that out, you can now write what you want your own story to be. What does love look like to me? What is something I think it can look like? And now writing out your own version. I love that little practice because it's just so fun to see the differences and it's okay to disagree with what you're taught. You don't have to stay in the box because it's not a unique experience for you if you're doing what everyone else is doing. Mm, Yes. So let's say someone's in a long-term relationship and they're like, no, like this is pretty great. Like this is it. Um, or they're married or, you know, they've already committed to it so that they feel like maybe they're past the step of discovering deeper intimacy. But let's say that they, their life is absolutely crazy, as we've mentioned, and so fast paced. And they're in a point where it just seems easier to not have sex or just say like tomorrow. Or, mm-hmm. oh. And so like, I think typically if I'm in that boat of 
just not feeling it. I typically don't feel sexy. So I kind of want to talk about what you think about when what happens when you don't feel sexy. Like, what do you do if you just like, I don't feel sexy. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I just don't. Or I just don't have a sex drive. Like my libido is extremely low. I don't know if those go together, but I'd love if you dove into like libido and like that internal, like sexual feeling, especially in longer term relationships, because, you know, the chemicals fade that once mm-hmm. made you like prowl on them and then turn into like not a choice but like some people look at it like a chore yeah yeah sexual connection is definitely something that has to be fostered if it's going to be sustainable which it totally can be and I feel like we get these examples that when you're in a long-term term relationship the passion just fades like that chemistry isn't there just because the chemicals leave doesn't necessarily mean that your passion and intimacy and sexual connection with another person has to fade it can actually get deeper and deeper and I do believe that so many people in relationships, we go about our everyday lives, we're always rushing, and it is so easy to put off sex, especially when you're like, I don't have a sex drive right now, or I don't feel sexy. But I want to counter that with you don't have to necessarily feel sexy in order to have a libido, like they kind of coincide, but they could also be separate. I think that feeling sexy will probably boost your libido. And once you have higher sexual desire, you are more likely to feel sexy, but it's so important to make sex and intimacy a priority, just like you would do with anything else that's important in your life, since it is so easy to forget to do and just put off. And so taking time in little moments that you can find to really either just make eye contact with your partner, slow down, go in for a really long hug, just regulate your nervous systems with each other, breathe deeply starts to build that heart opening connection where it feels safe to be sexual. It creates more of a soft feeling within the relationship rather than go, go, go. And now I'm expected to just have sex when I'm really not feeling it. But it's also important to take responsibility for your own turn on throughout your own day, separate from your partner and be doing things for yourself that are healthy for your libido and healthy for your turn on that allow it to grow because we have this expectation in relationship that, yeah, at the end of the day, we're just going to have sex. But if you don't work on your turn on, how could you show up turned on? It doesn't just magically happen. Does that make no, that was really good. And I yeah, want to go. Deeper, uh, actually. I want to dive deeper. Yeah. I like lost my train of thought for a second, but <laughs> let's, okay. let's go deeper. Yeah. So like, I absolutely love that because it, it is your responsibility in a sense to show up with with like your turn on like you can't just expect your partner to like have all the have it be valentine's day every single day kind of vibe Mm -hmm. or have it be your birthday every single vibe we're like well they didn't do it for me well like how can i love that self-responsibility of like how can you do it for you Mm -hmm. and so if someone came to you and was like well, my partner just like, okay, let's just do an example. I come to you. I don't know. Like Curly just like, it's just like on her terms. And I just don't ever feel like turned on and I'm tired and I'm in my head a lot. And basically Curly, 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 nothing about me. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. not my fault. Yeah. How would you go about helping me? 
I would ask you some questions about your own personal practice. Do you have a self-pleasure practice? What are some things that bring you joy throughout your day that can help with burnout? What are some things that make you feel turned on that don't necessarily have anything to do with sex or your partner? Because Mm -hmm. Yeah, we it's like we rely on our partners to bring us turn on, but these feelings of being turned on and desire and pleasure, they're coming from your own body. It's just your partner, when you feel safe with them, they have a way of activating it, but it's really freeing to take responsibility for it by yourself. And so we could talk about things that bring you joy. Like for me personally, Whenever I am playing, like I love to dance and play. I love to go to festivals and music events and have fun. And so the times that I am prioritizing that in my life are where my sexual desire is the highest because I'm in this uplifted feeling and I'm connected to my own sexual energy. And it turns me on to feel free and dancing and having fun. I feel magnetic. I feel radiant and I feel sexy. And of course, we all go through cycles in the times where I'm like really serious, focused on work. And in that burnout mode, I'm like, yeah, I just don't feel that turn on throughout the day. But absolutely, like if you know me at all, you'll always hear me preaching about having your own intentional self-pleasure practice because solo self-exploration does wonders for couples. Mm. I want to go there. But first, I also feel like if you are someone who's like so busy um, and either have kids, don't have kids, but you're just like slammed and you're like, well, yeah, like going to music festival will be fun, but like, I don't have that. I I don't do Mm -hmm. that. Blah, blah, blah. I personally find music in general has one of the biggest effects on me and my mood and all the things and it's so wild to like even I mean you say music festival and it made me think wait just music can yeah and I went on a run one time and I was like listening to very like to music I used to listen to when I was like more single before like going out on like a night out and it a kind of like music about being like kind of slutty and like super mm-hmm. sexual and being sexualized. And for me, I, I enjoy like being sexualized in that way. Um, and so I remember listening to that and like, wow, like I haven't listened to music like this since being like, it's not, it's not my go-to because I'm, my life looks a little bit different. Like I'm not getting ready to go to a club like every weekend or mm-hmm. go drinking and go out all the time. Like that, that shifted in COVID and stuff. And I remember listening to that music and feeling so like, oh my God, I lost this part of me, this like dirty slut part of me that exists, exists in everyone. And so I was like, just list, just like inviting more of that, like Cardi B, like that Nicki Minaj. I know that's not everybody's style, but for me, that is. Yeah. (laughs) And I just think that makes such a huge difference. But also when I was single and, um, I had, I was always in a situationship. I never was in a long-term relationship before being with Curly. And it was always people who were emotionally unavailable who I would be with or people who would literally, for whatever reason, like power dynamic, it could not work out. And I would listen to these songs that would just like reinforce whatever story I was playing in my head. And typically they were like, why didn't you choose me like 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 deeper sadder heavier songs and I'd like run to it and I keep the vision going in my head versus like if I were going to run to like Nicki Minaj or something that's like 
like I think of this one song called like rich sex and it's about having like literally having sex like on a Ben's truck and like just like <laughs> that's Love my it. vibe and I'm like oh my god like the the empowering difference but I just think what you consume whether it be podcasts whether it be music whether it be some whatever you're listening to you are literally taking in and I think that's such a way if you know like oh I really like music how can you tailor your music to fulfill these turn on right whether Mm -hmm. it's like slow country or if it's like r&b or maybe it's Nicki minaj it's probably not adele like i'm just gonna throw it out there it's probably not sad (laughs) slow jams because i was a sad slow jams girl when i was sad (laughs) and not we just we love to wallow we love to wallow in that sad music yes and reinforce the sadness that like no one's ever gonna choose me or i'm always second best yeah Okay. But before I went into my music tangent, you were talking about self-pleasure practices and how it's so important to have your own. What does that look like? What does that, if someone's like, okay, but how, um, and yeah, please dive in. Yes. No, I loved the music talk. It really is so true because music, and I kind of geek out on this cause I have a performing arts background and I still teach performing arts to kids. Um, but music creates such a moment for embodiment. Like we can embody that bad bitch music or embody the sad music, which like, yeah, sometimes is still amazing, but I think it's so cool to like play a role and step into that embodiment of like Nicki Minaj. I'm a bad bitch. Like I'm sexy. I'm hot. Everyone wants me. Like that's so good for your self-confidence to just play with that and have fun with it. But, um, wait, that made me think of, you showed me a song by Billie uh, Eilish, the, Oh, the oxytocin. Everyone go listen to oxytocin. It's like, I don't know. That made me feel a lot of things. <laughs> no, it makes it really makes me feel a lot of things. And it's not Nicki Minaj. It's not like it's not ratchet. It's like sexy. And sex. like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, artistic and sexy and like kind of dirty. And I like that like dirty, slutty, secretive vibe. <laughs> yes. Okay. Self-pleasure practice. Self-pleasure practice. Yeah. So I think most people we know, um, masturbate and experience pleasure in that way. But I think so many of us, because no one teaches you, which I'm about to do, how to have a very intentional self-pleasure practice, we turn to it to get off or to make something happen for us, to just have an orgasm and go about our days, which there's nothing wrong with that from time to time. But if that's all you're doing, then you're definitely missing out on your own pleasure potential and some amazing self-exploration and discovery. So starting a pleasure practice is very simple. What you'll do is you will just set up a cozy space that looks nice and sexy to you. No one wants to, you know, do it in a mess, but you'll set an intention like any other practice you're doing. So for example, my intention is to open my heart. My intention is to discover and release blockages. Then from there, you'll just either sit or lie down, whatever you're comfortable with and start with some sensual self-touch. It doesn't even have to be sexual at first, but anything just slow that goes with your intention that really tunes you in and connects you with your body. Because how many of us actually do that and go slow with ourselves? It's pretty rare that you find someone that does. And then from there, you can go into sexual touch, always asking your own body for consent first. Like, okay, pussy, are you 
open to me touching you right now and just creating that inner safety and building that inner trust so that your body feels safe to even experience sensation and pleasure and be sexual and just trying out different techniques again going really slow and not having an end goal of orgasm necessarily it really is a self-exploration and it's so cool because you'll feel like oh I touched here and then that like made me feel weird my body closed off even though it felt good like I'm curious about why maybe I have a blockage there or if that was too intimate can I expand my intimacy capacity so just staying curious and present and creating safety is definitely the goal I love that. Yeah. You did make a TikTok about ditching the vibrator. Yeah. So I think when people think of pleasure practice, they probably instantly go to like any form of like toys they have. Because again, you're you're taught, like we are all taught, like nobody's actually taught what the collective (laughs) message is around it that's unspoken is like pleasure practice means orgasm, which probably means like if you're a woman with a vibrator kind of vibe, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And so I am just curious, like about you saying like ditching, why would you want it? Why would someone ditch their vibrator if that's like the thing that feels best? Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with vibrators and I don't like to shame them. I don't want to be like crystal wands and glass dildos are the only thing that's holy. Cause that's not true that vibrators are an amazing tool for pleasure and they're so accessible, which I think is awesome. But we don't want to become reliant on them because it's so much outside stimulation. And what starts to happen is that your body kind of numbs out to that over time and it takes more and more stimulation. Um, And it also like the vibe I get from people in general is that when you go to use a vibrator, like that's the first thing you're grabbing and just using on yourself without actually tuning into your body first, because it's the easiest way you know how to get off. So what happens when you rush into that is that your body's not all the way open. And you might notice when you use a vibrator that that pleasure is really localized in just the general area. Like how many people have had a heartgasm or something with a vibrator. And that's because that pleasure doesn't have anywhere to travel to if your body is tensed and closed off. And that buzzing sensation is really kind of forceful sometimes. It's just a lot. And so your body doesn't feel safe to open up all the way when it's just like being hit with that on the inside or outside. But I always recommend using borsalite glass toys because they really allow you to boost your sensitivity and get used to something that's different. Um, There's crystal ones too, but they tend to be kind of porous if they're not like the correct crystal or from like more of a high-end brand. So they just, I don't think they're as body safe. You really have to be careful with those, but, or even just using hands and taking time to just explore new ways of feeling pleasure so that you don't become reliant on the vibrator. And it's not just a thing you grab to give yourself an orgasm really quick. You can journey with it in different ways. But once you're more used to being sensitive to other things and hell yeah, add the vibrator back in, there's no shame in it. Got it. Yeah. I, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, every aspect of it. And like, it is a tool, maybe not the only tool, you know, Mm -hmm. like I feel like people assume it's the only way or only thing because it is the easiest, most accessible. I kind of want to go to something that made me think of during your last 
just chatting about the vibrator. And if you're not comfortable talking about it, I, we can move on, but I, I feel like more women than not have experienced some sort of sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I feel like everyone has a different relationship to their body being open, closed. Now I feel like I'm thinking of a couple few specific people who I know in my life, they want it to be done as quick as possible. So the vibrator, it's like less than 20 seconds, like just like in, out, done, whatever. How could someone go? And maybe it's the pleasure practice you talked about, but like some people only see it as just like, yeah, like that, that final destination, like, cause maybe their body doesn't feel safe mm-hmm. because of what's how it's been violated. And so if someone came to you with maybe more of like sexual trauma history, how, how do you navigate that? Or like, what advice if someone's listening and like, maybe resonates with what I'm saying, how would you help them? Yeah. So if anyone's listening out there that does have sexual trauma, just know that it's something a lot of us have experienced, myself included. And I know it can be really hard to open up sexually when there is so much trauma, whether you're aware of the trauma or not. And what I have found in myself and others is that when we do have trauma, we want to rush because when we are uncomfortable, we don't want to stay in uncomfortable situations. We want to get it over with. But the good news is that pleasure can actually rewire your trauma and start to release it. And it's a really fun practice to do kind of after that initial like awareness of the trauma and kind of what you need to do to work with it. But my advice is to just start slowing down, even if it's like, oh my gosh, this is so out of my comfort zone, slowing down just enough to where you're not like totally freaking out, but it feels like a good edge to meet because the more that we rush with ourselves and the more that we just try to get it done, the less safe our body will feel. And in the long run, it keeps us from experiencing the pleasure that we really do desire. And it keeps that trauma like stored up in our bodies. Um, So resourcing inner safety is going to become your best friend if you do have sexual trauma. That is always the foundation. Resourcing inner safety and self-love is, yeah, foundational to all of these tools that we're talking about. So making sure along the way that you feel good in your body, even if you're a little out of your comfort zone, that you are resourced and can bring yourself back to a space of presence and safety rather than just trying to get it over with. And it's interesting because so many of us just go for the orgasm straight away. But once you start on your journey, you'll find that like technically that might be the most pleasure, the most fireworks, but it's the journey before there, before the climax that is so interesting and so much fun to play with and can be even more pleasurable than climax. So what do you mean exactly by inner resourcing? Just like break it down a little bit more. Like what if I was like, okay, let me think about inner resourcing. What what would that, what that look like or mean? Yeah. So I'll give you an example Um, when you feel happy, you typically feel it somewhere in your body. 
like maybe in your heart or in your stomach. And in the same way that we can feel emotions like happiness or sadness in our body, like a broken heart, we can also feel things like self-love, self-worth, safety. And so getting to know what safety feels like in your body and that embodied feeling makes it a resource that you can always come back to. So I actually made just a little short one minute video on this and I'll share a bit of it here for a more clear example on resourcing safety. But if you're listening to this and you want to write down, when is it that you feel the most safe in your body? Maybe it's when you're with your dog laying in bed, or maybe it's when you're on the yoga mat. That's where there's like no anxiety. You're feeling good. You're feeling calm, peaceful, or you're excited, but there's still that inner knowing of like, I trust and I got myself. So you'll write that down. And then once you're clear on that, you can tune into where you normally feel that in your body. So for me, I usually feel it in my lower belly. It just feels like a warm kind of light feeling. And you'll just take a moment to really tune into that and bring all your awareness to it. And if it feels good to do so, you can breathe it through your body, kind of play with it and bring it up and down and all around. And the more you get used to doing that, the more it becomes a resource that you can always go back to and always rely on. I used to really struggle with really bad anxiety, but now that I've started doing the inner safety work, whenever I do feel anxious, if it starts to come up, the first thing I do is, okay, my inner safety resource, let's focus on that for a moment. Oh, I love that because your girl is also a little anxious bunny over yeah. here. <laughs> and so that feels really good. So it's the practice that starts outside of the bedroom, outside of life. It just starts with that inner peace. Yeah. Connecting to that. That's, and then you just like a muscle, I'm sure you grow. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily always have to feel peaceful and calm because I can sure as hell be angry, but still feel safe. It's like, oh, right. it's kind of hard to explain. It's just that like deep inner trust and like I'm safe I'm not gonna die (laughs) do you know how many times I have to say that in my head a day (laughs) yeah well it's because literally our brains just we think on a primal level like we're gonna die like really everything we do in this life on like a body nervous system level is just to protect ourselves like the littlest thing like the littlest thing will happen and like we don't consciously understand that like on a deeper level, our body's like, oh my gosh, I almost just died. You know, like everything right. is a protection mechanism for us. And like the funniest part is like, no one's making it out alive. Like we're all going to die. And yeah. Like, I keep having <laughs> like- to remind myself that too, because everything feels like a threat to my, to my life, to my safety, whatever. That's like, well, we're all going there one day. Yeah. <laughs> like it- it'll happen. <laughs> so I want to talk about, since we're talking about anxiety, thoughts in our head, things we think Mm -hmm. about, all the things. How, if someone, we can go, we could go both sides. Mm -hmm. If someone has a monkey brain during sex of thinking about, it could be thinking about anything. It could be just, but the overthinker, like there's so many thoughts in their head and they're in their head and maybe they're thinking about their partner and then maybe they're thinking about themselves and then maybe they're thinking about their to-do list. And then maybe they're thinking about like, who knows what but they're Mm -hmm. thinking, thinking, thinking. What do you do for the overthinker? And then I also want to flip it to what do you do to the person that just like disassociates completely? But we could start with the overthinker. 
Yeah. So this, I think this is actually something that can help both because both are kind of ways of escaping the present moment. Um, it's just like pick your poison. <laughs> um, I really resonate with being the overthinker. I used to deal with that a lot and I have been able to completely fix that when it comes to sex and intimacy. And like, of course, it'll come up from time to time. But I always, 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 of course, you're going to have your own self-pleasure practice to practice being present with your body because it starts with you. It starts with being present in your everyday life and reminding yourself to come back into your body without all the heady thinking. Um, But my favorite like juicy things are these amazing holistic tools for sex and pleasure that really drop you into your body and allow you to be present, which is breath sound and movement. So say you're having sex and you're thinking about your to-do list. If you were to bring your awareness to sensations, give yourself the little reminder like, okay, the to-do list can wait. Let's tune into sensation. You will pinpoint where you feel it in your body. So now your awareness is there and you're thinking about that, which has to do with the sex and using sound to actually sound out the sensation is so much fun but I really recommend doing it with a partner that you feel super safe with because it can be like really silly and giggly, but it's also very vulnerable. So like if, if I feel sensation, um, I'll sound it out in a way that's authentic. Like it's not going to sound like the moans that you may have learned from porn or the things that you've been taught that would turn your partner on. It's just your own authentic thing. And of course you get turned on by it. And so will your partner when they really love you and you're just being yourself. Um, Sound is an amazing liberator of energy and it helps with self-expression. So really great for getting out of your head. Also breath, either synchronizing your breath with a partner, breathing deep into your pelvic floor to really relax and expand will always drop you into your body. And then adding movement in too with your hips and bringing focus there. Mm, I love that. I also one time was a part of this group called like the womb room. Mm-hmm. And it was with Julianne Vascaro or whatever. You know, oh, yeah. I follow her. She's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I did her a program with her, like a small group with her one time. And one time she had a vocal coach on and they talked about how the skin inside the mouth and down the throat is the same as the vagina and how it's yeah. all like, interconnected. And that's why like your throat chakra and like your sex life have so much to do. And I really have noticed like when like you allow sounds to come out that are, are authentic and they're not like, oh yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that the sensation actually increases. Yes. And this kind of takes me to another point I wanted to talk about. And so um, for those that know or don't know, I was with men strictly before being with Curly and she was the only girl that I've ever really been with. So I'm going to speak more towards heterosexual relationships because that's what I saw the most of this come up with. Mm-hmm. And there we live in a patriarchal society, right? So typically what we see life through is through the lens of men and what's palatable to men. And it's not like necessarily even their fault it's literally just what we've all been conditioned and programmed to believe and I was listening to Glennon Doyle and she was talking about how like she will like she's in this challenge where she's like gonna she practices not laughing 
when a man says something that's supposed to be funny <laughs> and how fake laughs are like fake orgasms and they're all for this like like abandonment of self to make someone yeah. else feel good and I remember when I first Curly and I first started in our relationship we were having intercourse I guess and <laughs> he was like she literally stopped and I, she was like what the fuck are you doing and I was like what do you mean you don't you don't love this show I'm putting on like I am giving you everything that you're supposed to want through listening to podcasts like call her daddy through listening or like the porn industry and things like that like literally beat the shit out of me like pull my hair oh my god like flailing around and curly's like knock it off like this is embarrassing (laughs) mid-sex like (laughs) and i know not every like if i was still dating men i'd still be doing the same thing and the outcome i was getting with men was fantastic so curly was the first one to pop my balloon of like what the fuck are you doing and what is this show you're trying like what what's this performance for because she doesn't have a dick she's like i don't feel like this is for you like what's going on like (laughs) and i feel like so often there's such this tainted view of like just like faking it just it's all fluff and fake Mm -hmm. and so un um uh, inauthentic and so what are your thoughts on like fake orgasm fake laughs fake shows like ripping my hair out kind of vibe like when you (laughs) maybe you don't want want that bdsm every single time you know what i mean yeah. nothing wrong with it but like when you're doing it just to do it because you think it's going to turn them on more the more nasty you can be the more the man will like you I think that's literally like a baseline of what people think maybe like single or not but I know I used to think like the the more outrageous I can be like the more like down I am the more mm-hmm. girl I am the more they're gonna want me and I'll stand out from the others yeah, like there's this whole like, damn, she's so crazy in bed. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? And I agree so much with everything you just said. And it does, it's a disservice to you and the other person. Like, why the fuck are we babying men by like <laughs> fake laughing at jokes that we don't even think are funny? That's a big practice in everyday life to work on. Like, I've stopped doing that too. Straight up, if I don't think something's funny, I'm not going to laugh. Like, I don't, I'm not here to just like boost your ego. I'm here to be a nice, kind, understanding person, but it's babying. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have friends that like, I constantly have to baby. I don't want to be around men like that. I don't want to date men like that. And luckily I'm dating a really wonderful man that is authentic and loves me and my authenticity, but it's like everything starts to become a performance, which is why so many women and men are so sexually unsatisfied because we think that we have to want these things that if we are nastier and crazier and all these things in bed, that it's going to bring us pleasure. Like, yeah, maybe you actually don't like to have your hair pulled, but you were just showed that that's an endearing thing. And I used to do that too. Like, all the time. And I realized it was so fake. Like I would literally put on a show and I would barely feel any pleasure, but I would love the validation. Oh, it was like, 
it was all about the validation it's like damn they think I'm like hot and like they said they had so much fun in bed with me but like I didn't get anything out of it except for a little boost to like my system because I'm addicted to the validation that's the tricky part I think yeah because you conquered so I did like having sex because I was in charge and it took that yeah that pause that interruption of curly like we're in this together like yeah you actually are liking this very like it's it becomes self-centered in a way that we don't like think it is um because it becomes less about how we feel on a deep level but also how our partner is truly feeling um and so if you feel that you're in a place where you are being performative it's so important to communicate with your partner and you know talk it out together but also do some self exploration like what if i actually do just kind of like i'm just like down with missionary you know i don't want to be like crazy cowgirl all the time if that doesn't feel good to me all the time um and through self-pleasure too, you can find out what it is that you actually want because good sex is all about creating a safe space for you to be fully yourself. And sex is such an amazing tool for self-exploration because we really get to go there within our own bodies, spiritually, energetically, mentally, emotionally, physically. And then also we get to focus on someone else in that way and like push each other further in to intimacy. But if you don't feel safe to do that and you're putting on a show because there's a lack of safety and you want that validation, then you're not going to be fulfilled. Yeah. And I'd also challenge anyone who feels performative to take a step back and say like, where else am I performing? Because my life was one big performance until a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much I've truly like (laughs) experienced that wasn't for like, do it for the vine, like that kind of vibe (laughs) or do it for the video. Like that's what I feel like a lot of my life has been. And not in a bad way. I like performing. You like performing. Oh, I love it. It's not a bad thing to be a performer except for when it fully takes away your authenticity. Yes. Thanks for bringing up that point, because I do think that performing can be a little bit of an embodiment practice, but like you said, just not when it takes over your entire being. Like, it's so fun to do archetype play and like maybe you want to embody and perform as your inner siren occasionally or your inner bad bitch or your inner like dirty slut. Like, those facets of yourself can be such a gift to uncover and express not only for like getting to know yourself, but also for your partner. Like it's just creates a fun vibe, but like the more you just rely on that one thing, rather than bringing all parts of yourself into it, the parts that want to be like sweet and soft and just like pure and the parts that want to get a little crazy or the parts that want like passionate hot like let's fucking go there it's important to to just know all facets and allow all of them to be present from time to time right what would you this just came to my just came to me what would you say about like hookup culture so I as I mentioned I pretty much was just in situationships that were more like long-term hookups there was nothing like deeper and so that's when I would like perform because it wasn't like there was that commitment so it was like maybe like crazier I can be the more I 
the more I'll be chosen or the more, mm-hmm. maybe the more often we'll do this. And so if someone's like in a hookup situation, I mean, I think I can't do it now. I'm married, but I think it would be so empowering to, to be authentic in those situations. But I can't say, what would you say as like, if you were coaching someone who's more in situationships or hookup culture, like there's nothing wrong with that. So like, how could you practice that integrity when maybe there isn't that amount of safety because, because it isn't this like committed partnership and it's more just like one or three or four times. Yeah. I think hookups have the potential to be a beautiful experience, but the thing with hookup culture is that like the less emotions and feelings you have and the less you show you're interested, like the more you're rewarded with sex, which is so fucked up and so skewed. And no, because I was in that for so long. Like I was deep in the hookup culture and like having the sex for validation and not being so authentic, um, which is why I would feel if I was helping somebody and we uncovered together that maybe hookup culture isn't the healthiest option, I would maybe encourage them to take a step back from it for a moment. Not everyone, like there's no shame in casual hookups at all, but just it's really the intention behind it. And if you are able to have a healthy relationship to it, because it is very difficult to be authentic in like a casual hookup where you don't really know the other person. And if you are in hookup culture, start seeing if you can get comfortable with bringing some more authenticity into it but it takes a lot of doing your own inner safety work all the inner like nervous system regulation work because it is scary my personal preference now um I am in a serious relationship and I haven't like been in that culture in a while but say I was single I would I wouldn't have sex with someone until I felt safe to authentically be myself or mostly safe because I feel like you can grow together with a partner right and you don't have to be dating but it could like let's mm-hmm. say someone that you've like gone on a date with or something like yeah that, like, oh okay there's like a little bit deeper where there's like that sense of safety I like yeah like yeah and I've had such beautiful experiences in the past with things like that where it like was someone that you know you didn't want a relationship with but you still like really enjoyed each other and had so much fun. And so there is more opportunity for safety and authenticity. But like, if you feel that you have to perform to keep someone interested in you, then that's not the person that you want to keep interested. Right. Red flag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So going back to, let's go back to more like partnership because we're Mm. about to like have our event and stuff, (laughs) which I'm going to plug in a second, but what are some intimacy exercises, maybe three of them that you could do with a partner that don't require money or any like outside stimulation, um, that are just available right now. If they wanted to do it tonight with no preparation of like needing to go to the store, any barrier to entry. Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorites that is so simple is eye gazing. And we'll definitely do some of this at our event because it's just the best. Um, But eye gazing, like when was the last time you sat for minimum five minutes and like maybe even 10 minutes, just gazing into your partner's eyes, because that can bring up a lot of discomfort and we can be giggling and like, it can be funny because we are uncomfortable. 
Um, but it's so important to be able to create that connection and just be seen. So you could set a five minute timer and sit facing each other, just look into each other's left eye and you'll start to notice that everything else fades and you really are seeing into their soul, which is so special and so vulnerable and so intimate. Um, and it's just a nice way to really soften into your body and into the partnership. Another thing that I love you may have to go to the store if you don't already have a type of body safe oil, but very inexpensive, um, is sensual partner massage. And you can gift this to your partner as a way to just go so slow with their body and remind them like, this is your time to just receive sensation and pleasure, like without having to do anything in return and just really going so slow with them that you are admiring each part of their body, reminding them that they are loved and admired. It can be so vulnerable and emotional. So you do have to be prepared to really hold the space and don't push them too far. It doesn't even have to turn into sex or anything sexual, even if you are like doing sexual touch, as long as both people feel really safe. It's really special and such a good gift. And then another thing is gratitude lists. Gratitude, I know like so many people say it's the highest vibration and it's because it's so heart opening and gratitude will always drop us into the present moment, which so many couples are missing, especially in day-to-day life. So one of my favorite little practices is called the body sensations of gratitude. I made it up. (laughs) Um, So you'll each grab a pen and paper and sit with each other and you're each going to make your own list about things you're grateful for, for the other person. For example, I'm grateful for your humor. I'm grateful for the way like the light shimmers in your eyes, things like that. So then if I'm doing that with Katie, I would read my thing to her, Katie, I'm so grateful for all your wisdom. And then Katie would tune into her body and feel where she feels that sensation, what it feels like to receive that gratitude. Do you want to try it? Yeah. Like I feel it in my heart. Okay. (laughs) Katie, I am so grateful for how you are such a permission slip for others and you show up as your full self and it makes other people feel safe to do that as well. I felt that in my belly, like butterflies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then we would, then she would share one for me and I would share something sensation-based because it's tuning you into your own sensations. And then you also get like to know how your partner feels things too. It's really cool. Oh, that's so special. Okay. Let's talk about our event, our last of the day. I am so excited for this and I, I love, so we are selling disco for many reasons. Um, and I love it for different types of bonding exercises. And honestly, we created this event and I went to Abby with it because people actually like requested this. They were like, oh, I wish I could bring my partner to an event like this, but like he would never come or like things like that. Like, and so this is your opportunity to have fun. First of all, I feel like sometimes it could feel like, oh no, this is scary. I want everyone to know this is going to be silly and playful and non-threatening, just like a normal So We Are Silent Disco, like where the vibes are just good. And then it's going to, and we're going to start as a group and then we'll slowly break off into kind of our couple vibes. And like I said, I love this for like bonding of teams, of corporate, of things, of strangers on the beach, because it's non-verbal communication. And so often we try to relay messages through talking through it like uh like 
no, you mean so much to me, but like, I don't feel like I mean anything to you. If you keep saying yeah. it. it's like that, like, you know, like, uh, listen to what they are actions speak louder than words kind of vibe. And so this is all action-based. There's going to be very minimal talking. There may be a tiny bit, but like very minimal. And so all it requires is your attention and your energy and, and that's it. And and it's amazing to see how energy can be transferred in a way where it's like, you don't have to say anything for the person to know exactly what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And I'm literally so excited to explore this and like dive in with couples. And so, yeah, you also share, share anything you're excited about or what you're thinking. I have been so excited for this. I just already know there's going to be happy tears and I'm excited for people to just be able to like get silly, get goofy. Cause that's what Katie and I really love to do. Um, but then also, yeah, be able to connect and the things we'll be doing are just so heart opening and you'll be so tuned into your partner's energy. Um, and I just, it creates so much love without all the talking and it's just like body-based open heart love. And so I'm really excited to be there with everyone and we're going to have a blast. I know I'm literally so excited. And if anything that you heard today, like felt like, Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Just know that this event will feel like all all those things that we talked about today Mm -hmm. on like on more of like a micro level it's not going to be like like it's not going to be like a self-pleasure practice kind of vibe but it's going to be this thing that tunes you into your body like a pleasure practice would and then tunes into your body and your partner's body and then it's a Saturday night so you can go to dinner after and then have see where the night takes you no yeah that's (laughs) the vision like come dance have fun with us and then go to dinner and like just enjoy I was like I want people to like be able to go out after and I know I will so I know I know Curly and I were like oh I wish we could do it together I'm like I'm literally leading it I know that's what I said to Mark but like we'll do like little snippets when each other's leading (laughs) totally 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 well Abby where can people connect with you, get to know you, follow you, all work with you. Please plug yourself away. Here we go. Um, okay. So I am mostly on TikTok at the moment. Uh, my handle is at Abby underscore Kurtz, A-B-B-Y underscore K-U-R-T-Z. Same thing on Instagram. And I do have a new client special going on right now. It is for a one-time breakthrough session. You will have the option to book a package if you decide that it's right for you and you really enjoyed your session, but it is no strings attached at a one-time introductory price. If you're like, oh, I'm interested in this work. I want to see how it can help me. I'm ready to be more sexually fulfilled and you'll learn some great personalized tools and practices and some action steps that you can take with you into your everyday life if or if not you decide to proceed with more sessions so yeah I'm so excited about it I feel like it's cool to just get to do like meet so many people that way and Abby underscore Kurtz on Instagram too right Uh uh-huh okay cool and then links in bio for all the things to work with you yes yeah Amazing. And then our event is March 18th at Belmont Veterans Memorial Pier. I believe it's at 5 p.m. Saturday night. Come, go to dinner, then have some sussy time if it leads there. And I cannot wait to see you all there. And we will see you in the next episode. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at is underscore podcast to let us know your takeaways. If you could leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts to help us build, grow, and expand this to anyone it needs to reach. I am so grateful for you listening and giving me your time and energy, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. I love you. Bye.